Calling all detectives. Most detectives are happy to have one client at a time. But I once had two clients on the same case, and both of them appeared guilty. That is the situation on this page for my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, private detective. When a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, has two clients for the same case, he really has cause for alarm. I'd set my alarm clock for 8 a.m. It felt more like 1 a.m. when the clatter of bells woke me. I shut off the alarm. The bells still kept ringing. I reached for the phone. Hello, Jerry Browning. What? Okay, okay, Mr. Bryant, but hold the phone a second. The doorbell's ringing. Mr. Browning, I apologize for disturbing you at this hour. Henry Dwight is my name. I have a dreadful problem. Come on in, Mr. Dwight. This is my night for problems. I've got somebody on the phone with one. Sit down for a second, please. Hello. You still there, Mr. Bryant? Now, what's your trouble? Philately. Oh, stamp collecting. Well, what was the value of the stolen stamps? You think they're about to be stolen? Whom do you suspect? I couldn't believe the answer that came over the phone. I shook my head, glanced at the little man I'd admitted and who was now sitting on the sofa. My visitor had said his name was Henry Dwight, and the man on the phone, whose name was Clayton Bryant, had just told me that Henry Dwight was the one who intended to steal his stamp collection. I said into the phone, Hold the wire a second, Mr. Bryant. Then I turned to Dwight. What's your trouble, Mr. Dwight? I'm a philatelist, Mr. Browning, and Clayton Bryant has threatened to steal my stamp collection. I was engaged by two rival hobbyists who feared that each was about to steal the other's valuable stamp collection. I told Bryant to see me at nine o'clock in my office, then I put down the phone and turned back to Henry Dwight. Now let's hear your side of the story. Well, it was a simple story of rivalry that started way back when Dwight and Bryant had been college classmates. And we kept up the feud after we both got into the brokerage business. And now that each of us is retired, why, we're still trying to beat one another at the same hobby. Even buy through the same dealer, Clifford Franklin. Fine chap. Manages to get some interesting covers. You know, envelopes bearing certain postmarks. It's the one field in which Bryant and I have no disputes. He specializes in doubles. Place names like Pango Pango, Walla Walla. I see covers bearing people's names like Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Bailey's Harbor, Wisconsin, Carson City, Nevada, and so on. That's fine. But if you and Bryant don't fight over that stuff, what is your dispute? It started over a rare stamp, a Japanese lilac, issued back when Japan was just getting started in world commerce. I gave Franklin, the dealer, a phone bid on it, but before I could get to the shop, Bryant walked in, outbid my phone offer, and got the Japanese lilac. Naturally, I was annoyed and threatened to get his entire collection, but you threatened him. But he threatened me, too. Look, be in my office tomorrow at nine, and we'll get this all straightened out. And now, good night. By the time they arrived at my office, both Bryant and Dwight were feeling pretty sheepish. I read them a long lecture about there being enough stamps in the world to satisfy everybody, and not enough decent behavior to satisfy anybody. You've both made some silly threats which neither of you meant. So why not bury the hatchet and forget all about it? They looked relieved, shook hands, and even paid me a nice fee for having acted as an arbitrator. Then they took me to see their respective collections, which were really something. 
You have one of the finest collections in the world, Dwight. Nice of you to say so, Brian, but I think your collection is even better. And that's how they left me, telling each other what great guys they were. A nice case, a nice fee, no real work to do. At least that's what I thought until that evening, when... Both Bryant and Dwight phoned from their respective homes. Each one's stamp collection had just been stolen. Each suspected the other and demanded that I earn the fee I'd just been paid. I got the two men together again, listened to them rave a while. Then, let's get this straight. Your stamp collections have been stolen, but your collections of special covers weren't touched. How come? Because they have no really great value. It, it takes patience rather than money to amass a collection of covers. Bryant nodded. Yes, I got one as a gift in the mail this morning. A cover bearing the cancellation Lester Lester, Connecticut, sent me by my dealer, Franklin. He's away on a trip. Dwight chimed in at that. He sent me one, too, from Mason, Massachusetts. Okay, let's stick with the stamps. They both started talking at that, each convinced that the other was a thief. Listening to them, I was convinced that neither was involved in the thefts. Gentlemen, I think somebody who knows about your feuding has taken advantage of you. Suppose you give me a few days to work this out, and then if I can't recover your collections, you can take whatever police action you like. After they'd reluctantly agreed not to swear out any warrants for a while, I drove down to the shop of Clifford Franklin, the stamp dealer. Sure enough, there was a card on the door saying that he was out of town, would return in a few days. That seemed to establish his innocence, but I was still suspicious. Franklin knew about the two men's quarrels, and he'd shown himself unscrupulous by selling a stamp for a higher price after having accepted a lower bid. So, when I got back to my office, I made a couple of long-distance phone calls. Then, bright and early the next Monday morning, I was at Franklin's shop again. The dealer came forward to meet me. I'm a private detective, Mr. Franklin. You can save us all a lot of time and maybe get yourself off a little easier if you'll confess to stealing Bryant and Dwight's stamp collections. Ridiculous! I've been out of town. I even sent these men special covers from Townsend, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. I smiled, shook my head. Ah, you didn't. You wrote to the postmasters at both those places, asking that an enclosure be canceled and mailed back. Just like people who sent mail and enclosures to Santa Claus, Indiana, and asked that it be mailed back from there. Postmasters don't mind doing that. But they don't like being used as alibis for theft. Now, do you confess? Or do we discuss the subject of what happens to people who use the U.S. mails to defraud? <laughs> That's a wonderful phrase, U.S. mails. And it has made more than one crook decide to confess in a hurry. Franklin was no exception. He'd carefully built up the feud between Bryant and White, then stolen their collections, secure in the knowledge that the two men would accuse each other and battle to a draw in court. Bryant and Dwight recovered their collections, of course. And as for Franklin, he was practically overjoyed to get only one year on a larceny charge. Like I said, when two clients accuse each other, always look for the hand of a third party. It seldom bears the stamp of inspection. Listen next time to Calling All Detectives. Mystery drama, mystery quiz, and a chance for you to match wits with yours truly, Jerry Browning, Private Detective.